Oh boy, it's been a while, hasn't it? This is Tyler Yonke, the Between Two Wheels podcast, is that correct? Back at it, we're doing episode, what are we at, 267, we've had a hiatus, so on today's show is this podcast continuing, Perry Robay, 2023, give some excitement about that, Hog, Rog, Rem, and Vin, Vinigo, they're all doing some weird stuff, but I think they're the elite portions of them are coming to the top. Americans on the Rise, we're going to talk about a few of those. Uh, things that make you go, hmm, do we still do that? I don't know. The Ride of the Week and local racing in the USA Cycling can suck my... Did we <laughs> go there? I don't know. We'll talk about that. Let's go right away. I'm going to just present here a video. Um, uh, let's see if I can find it. Here we go. Let's uh, go to the end here of yesterday's race. Congratulations, congratulations already begin. Fonapol will look, look at the finish line, line and, and enjoy, enjoy the moment he takes the bell here. He's, He's done, done it. it. He, he knows, knows it. it. It's, it's the, the fastest, fastest ever edition of Battle of Bay. And Matthew Fonapol is going to win it. Well, it, it may be a win for a Dutch, Dutch rider, rider, but for the French fans, they recognize his grandfather, Raymond Poulidor. He's the son of a Dutch father and a French mother. This, this is like a home win for the French in Roubaix. Officially, that 25-year wait will go on, but Father Paul does have French blood flowing through those veins. He's, He's been aggressive. He's been, been excellent. It's been, been a typical match of Father Paul show. And, and from, from just missing out into the Ronde, Mathieu von der Poel is going to reign in Roubaix. The realization of what he's done, von der Poel sets up the wins. Okay, I, I took that off of a short, uh, so it's a little bit whatever, and we're probably going to get dumped off of YouTube and everywhere else we stream here because they seem to like to do that. So if I'm going to continue this on, I'm probably going to have to do th things where it either goes to Rumble or to Odyssey because the reason being is um, you've got the flow bikes. They really take a, a hard stance at some of this uh, copyright stuff, and even if you use it, that was maybe a little questionable how I did it there, but if I were to do clips and make talks about it, um, which is all good under the fair use, they would uh, crap us out. So um, other than that, it's going to be fine. Um, glad to see you back. Thanks. Um, I believe. Did you get in a nasty wreck there, buddy? Uh, give me an update on that. Uh, I think that's that's who we're talking about. Okay. So uh, let's first start here. We're going to talk about Perry Robay. It's pretty exciting. I enjoyed it. Good good Easter weekend. We finally had good weather here in uh, Northern California. I also got uh, so I didn't have to wear my cold weather riding gear. Um, but I got to watch some golf, did some yard work, did some few other things. Tyler, what's the status of this podcast? Uh, well, one, I did the whole complete Tour de France last year. Kind of that's it. <laughs> so maybe 20, 30 episodes. Maybe I did a little bit more. Do I want to continue this? I had a bad bike wreck. And then I had, because of that, I had some health issues that were prolonging it. I had gained some <laughs> massive weight because of that. Um, I'm, I'm coming back. I've still got some big IT band problems, which is causing me a lot of problems. I'm hitting the gym, doing some other things, trying to resolve them out. I'm uh, just trying to get in good shape uh, regardless, but it's, it's, it's a much tougher slog. So um, at this point, um, there's that, there's the whole COVID thing that came about. I think most every one of you guys were completely wrong about this. You tried to shut down cycling in Northern California and, and across the US. So with that in mind, I kind of say, uh, fuck you. And I don't know that I really care to be <laughs> doing a show for those kind of people. We, can, we couldn't ride our bikes outside. That's, that's what I'm getting here. Um, Tyler, yep, it's me sitting in bed, severely concussed. Dude, I, I saw that. Um, maybe we'll talk about that later. Maybe we can, you could come on later on if we still do this show. Anyway, so that's kind of my gripe. I've been doing other things, kind of doing a different podcast of some other things, uh, which is going quite well. If you're interested into what that is, um, I take on the left, I take on the right. Um, and we kind of do some politics and comedy stuff. Um, Kurt may disagree. Kurt's a big problem with this podcast. He was an integral part. I needed him to be pushing me, pushing back on a lot of things. Uh, it was good for having him, Kurt and Chris. Um, but then it was just schedules and whatever else. So I just kind of did this thing. But I think I can't help but watch cycling. So I'm still going to be kind of involved if we have any kind of interest. If you guys still uh, are following along and we're going to put some podcasts out, maybe I'll make it worth my while. I've been able to – now, I'm doing this from work today, and so it kind of sucks. I don't have all my board. I have everything set up at home in the studio. I don't even have to do anything. I just plug it, boom, 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 goes, and it's very quick. So uh, production-wise, it's not an issue. don't really have to do much. Um, so 
uh, I got a little bored with local racing. Um, got a little bored. Part of it was just me, uh, busy, and also just my, like I said, my injuries, all those kind of things pulling in. But there's there's interesting racing to be done. So maybe we'll still. Do. And you know, the the favorite thing, part of all this was not doing it over Zoom, but having people in my office having a conversation. You know, Sayers would come in. Chris used to come in here all the time. Kurt, uh, we had you know guests would come in, and we would do that. So it was really. That was uh, that was really what I enjoyed, I think, the most about it. Um, but we'll we'll keep. Hey, we're here today. I couldn't help it. Okay, so let's go straight through, and start doing some of these things. Let's go to how about this one? Already did that. Okay, how about just the re- should we go straight to the results or should we do a little bit of? Uh, I guess we should probably do um, instead of straight to the <laughs> results. Maybe we should do a little bit of the actual uh, highlights. So where are the highlights at? There we go. Okay, so to, to not get totally crapped off of this this uh, platform, we're going to do this way, and then I'll just – I did this with the Tour de France. I just kind of skipped through. Um, I mean, look, 200 and some kilometers, uh, anything can happen in Paris-Roubaix. Exactly. The helmets that Jumbo Visma had were horrible. Um, Victor said, great to see this, liked it. Okay, Tyler, do a live play-by-play at GSRS this year. I might. Part of the problem with, with a lot of that stuff is, um, let me do this here. Uh, I, by the way, thanks guys for coming in. And, and um, part of the problem of doing the, the, I go to a race and my full goal there is to do a race. So I go there, I take all my gear. I'm gonna, I have so many plans to do a podcast and I go there, I set things up, I do a race and then I just say, I, <laughs> I just wanna leave and it sucks. Um, you know, some of the best stuff I've done is at Chico when you're able to to really get there. But sometimes it's it's helpful. I had Kurt and Chris really help me out on, on a lot of those. So um, play by play at, at Golden State Race Series, I probably should. I probably should just not try to race. I'm, I'm, my fitness is not quite there yet. Maybe I should just come out there with the intent to just sit up like a, my tent, just do a live podcast and talk about it and have people come over um, and do some of that stuff. Maybe maybe you're there. Maybe maybe we'll do that. Good good suggestion. Okay, um, the helmets that Jumbo Visma had. I don't know if those are supposed to be your inner brain without a skull. Um, horrible looking, but um, uh, as my friend Mike said, teammate, um, they're about as bad as the EF uh, Juro jerseys. So this thing starts off 3K in. Um, What's Vanderpoel have to say here? Let's see. Uh, yeah, to go for the for the second uh, monument this year. Yeah. Yeah, he's going for the second monument. Uh, definitely. Um, we will get you a tent, power table. And you can yell at Ron all day. <laughs> okay, well, maybe maybe we'll have to do. It. Is this really Tyler live? Yes, it is. Um, look at look at me, Mark. This is this is me. Um, we'll have to get back into doing some of this stuff. Um, okay, so we got Vanderpool. I mean, look, he's had a good season already. It's already been some exciting stuff. Um, big long issues. The, the trench, the the forest at Orenburg is the big one coming around ninety five kilometers. But before we even get there, um, there's some some headiness that there's a few breaks that happened. I didn't really tune in before this. I did go back and click here. And what happened here is 102 kilometers is a little break of four up the road. Wout takes the sector before the Arnberg and lo- just unloads. And some guys are going with him. I think he had Christophe Laporte going with him. Mads, some other ones were kind of missed out. They go into the Arnberg forest. This gentleman that was up in the lead there, we'll show this here. His, his tire just, it comes off. <laughs> <laughs> That's a horrible. Uh, and then there was a wreck here, and last year's winner, uh, Dylan Van Barl, ends up going down uh, pretty harsh. So he, uh, he, that was bad to him. They come out of the forest. There's a little gap. Laporte ends up getting a, a flat. So he's trying to get there. You got Max Walshied on here. You got three, I think, uh, Alpeson Phoenix guys up the road here. Uh, there, there's uh, Laporte trying to uh, make hay. Uh, and you've got Walshied, you've got um, Philipson, Jesper Philipson, and Matthew Vanderpool all up there for the Alpecin. Quick Step Lotto, do they race classics anymore? No. Um, let's see what else we got here. We'll just keep going here with some comments as we go in. Those helmets look like the one my daughter had at age five. Yes. Um, the helmet is fake news, just like the top secrets. <laughs> no, those are that's uh, that's all legit and real. Okay, so um, the the break starts. I mean, this is the seminal break here. You had almost you had every, almost everybody. Who else was there? Stefan Kung was in here. John Degenkolb was in here. You had a, a young guy for UAE. He wasn't much to really watch for. Um, Mads Pedersen, Wout, Matthew Vanderpool, 
I'm trying to remember who the boar rider is, but they start, he starts, um, they start parsing these guys out. And Alpeson, oh, um, Johnny um, um, Moss, no, not <laughs> Johnny Moscott, um, the, the TT rider. I'm out of date on a lot of this stuff. So give me some help here. What's the, the, the guy he's got um, the, for Ineos? Um, it'll come to me. Uh, anyway, we're still moving along here. Laporte ends up sitting up. He gets in with Nathan Van Hoydonk. Uh, then they try to, they're, they're within a minute or so, and they try to really bring things back. The front group, though, out of their minds, almost 50K an hour, just blowing things apart. Uh, Laporte and Nathan Van Hoydonk try to be catching up. At some one point, they get to a minute, and then it seems to just kind of go out, and that front group is just on fire. Some great camera work here. Uh, flats of the day, though. You Wout had one earlier. He also went down in a little bit of a pileup. Christophe Laporte has a, rec, a, a flat at one point. I think he has another one uh, again at some point. Um, Jesper uh, Philipson ends up getting a flat but gets right back on, kind of with a, a lull in the group. Um, you had, I mean, it, there was a feed zone they came through at one point where the main group is all together, and Matthew Vanderpoel says, screw it, and he just pound, hits it, and uh, kind of explodes that front group up again here. I think this is part of the, where they come over a little bit of a top here. Uh, but Degenkolb, Degenkolb has won the Paris-Roubaix stage in the Tour. He's won Paris-Roubaix before. Remember, he was with Giant, and that whole team got decimated, and he's kind of, his career's been kind of in turmoil since then, but he was looking very good, but it was always evident that there were two guys that were looking very, very good. Although Jesper Philipsen looked solid every time things would happen, and you're like, what's going to happen with Alpeson? Are they going to be going for the sprint with him? Because if they come to the finish, who's going to really beat him in a sprint? I mean, Wout and, and Matthew are both good, but he's a sprinter sprinter. Um, and I think, didn't he just win Skeldapriche? I think that's what I will take a look at that one. Um, anyway, we're clicking through here. There's more. This is the seminal part here, though. This is, um, I, we'll, we'll just play it here in full. This was a wreck. So you can see here, Philipson's on the front. Matthew Vanderpoel is right next to, uh, right behind him on his wheel. And then you had Degenkolb. And he, Degenkolb is on the far right in kind of the, the grass, or not quite on the grass, but on the dirt. Then right behind, uh, in the straight line, you know, he's out of the, the, uh, Degenkolb is out of the pace line himself. So you just scroll here a little bit, and Wout decides that he, or sorry, uh, Matthew Vanderpoel, right in the middle of the road, decides he's going to scoot just to the right a bit, and he's going to, I don't know if he's going to take off. At the same time, right behind him, Wout is starting to move left, and he, he, he ends up looking to attack. Now, Degenkolb is still on the grass, or on the, on the dirt portion there. Um, Vanderpool, or yeah, Vanderpool has his head just slightly in front of Degenkolb. It's hard to tell there. And then Philipson veers to the right, so everybody gets cramped in here. I think this is a racing situation. Earlier in the year, uh, let's, let's 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 see what uh, Brian Zimney says here. Degenkolb looks like an NCNCA Masters rider compared to the other lean young guys. Um, could be. <laughs> I think that's a dig at me specifically. Um, well, he's not tall. These are all the other guys are, are, are just much bigger. And so um, I think you just you can see an evidence there. And so he's a little shorter rider and, and kind of just looks um, masters 35 plus, but not 55. They are leaner. That's true. But anyway, what, back to the race here. Um, you can start to see that there's going to be problems here squeezing. And the real thing, I think, problem is that um, – and it's just all happened at the same time. <clears throat> there was a race earlier this year. Was it Perrinese, perhaps? Pidcock and um, Wout took each other down. And I first saw that and you overhead and I'm like, uh, looks like Pidcock's problem. He was kind of veering to the left. And as you look at it again, it's just one guy happens to be trying to shoot the gap, which was there, while the other guy just happens to be moving. It's just a racing incident. They both went down. This is very, to me, I, I couldn't tell. I'm like, first, I think it's Degenkolb's fault. And then I look overhead and I'm like, I think it's Vanderpool's fault. But right here, it's fine until right there, which is um, maybe it's Philipson's fault. I mean, but he is leading the, the, the pack out front. He, I mean, he goes from the middle of the road, you can see right there where Wout is, to Philipson's all the way over to the right because he's like, I'm done with this pole. Meanwhile, the other two just happen to be doing what they're doing, which is Degenkolb's not in line. He's not following through on the pace line. Uh, Matthew Vanderpoel is probably going to be attacking or something, and it's just all at the bad situation, and Degenkolb hits the grass at that point and can't sustain it and goes down. At that same moment, there goes Wout, hard tack on the left. Degenkolb 
gets, I mean, falling on cobbles, that's got to be the, uh, the, the worst way to go about it. So here goes Wout. <clears throat> and this is to me, this is what's, um, if you want to say, oh, Matthew Vanderpoel got kind of lucky because of something we're going to talk about. Everyone should have already seen this anyway. I think here is what shows that Vanderpoel very likely, no matter what the scenario, unless he gets a flat, he is going to be the winner. Because this is a harsh attack. Wout knows there's problems behind. This is the time you separate from everybody. You're putting it down. Remember before, I mean, there were, uh, Matthew Vanderpoel through the feed zone has looked really good. He's separated a bunch of people already. And at this point, what happens? Degan Cole gets back up. He does look like a Masters racer. But immediately at 15.7, uh, Van Wout is already caught. Now, this is 16, so it's three-tenths of, of a kilometer. So when did the wreck actually happen? 16.4, and it's less than a kilometer um, up the road here, 15.7. I mean, they're already uh, – Matthew Vanderpoel is taking over, and essentially he, right here – I don't know if this happened right before or whatnot, but Wout gets a flat, and he is no longer going to be able to hold on. He pulls through the cobbles uh, with the flat tire – and, and my immediate reaction watching him get a change is, well, here is the problem because he comes right out of the cobbles in a perfect spot. His team is there with spare wheels, but he's got disc brakes. So the change is not super quick. Uh, Might have been a little quicker with uh, with non-disc brakes. Um, and then um, Matthew Vanderpoel almost crashes a few times, comes into the finish. We did see that. Fist pumps, uh, gets the wind. What's nice here, he's actually got a lap up by the time he came in and his own teammate uh, Phillipson behind him was able to uh, kind of fist pump and be in the background for that. So it was pretty cool. And then um, Phillipson uh, able to take the sprint away from Wout. Okay, got a few more things here. Chris says uh, MVDP looked the strongest, but he looked cooked at the end. Well, yeah, because he, <laughs> he went 15 kilometers by himself. Wout did get a little bit of help, I think, with uh, with Mads at one point. Uh, Phillipson was not going to help. He was just sitting on, and then, a, then a Wout does try to take off. It just You couldn't bring him in. I mean, they actually look closer there. I mean, um, you know, whatever. Uh, those plastic barriers need to go. You can't see them until the last second. Look, I think the reason they have those there, and it's only on that seg section, it's the legends uh, section. So uh, you got all kind of legends names. I don't know if they're written on those actual pylons or whatnot. But the the point I think there is it's the, the way that those sectors are getting closer to town. They're a little bit nicer taken care of. They don't want you riding on the side where it's actually paved. So they have a paved section there. So they're like, look, I know this is the road, but we're just going to basically take away the bike lane. <laughs> so essentially what it is. Then they take that away uh, at the end there. So it, it the guys know it, though. I mean, uh, I doubt anybody went down. Um, Matthew Vanderpool was just flying, so not much you can uh, really do other than that. So there you go. There's your um, your top three is uh, Matthew Vanderpool, second place, Alpeson Phoenix, Jesper Philipson, and here it is. And then Wout Bennert, Mads Pedersen coming in at 50 seconds, Stefan Kung at 50 uh, Ghana. There you go. Filippo Ghana. That's the guy I was thinking of. Ineos. He was there. He's a strong rider, but, you know, uh, maybe it's just cobble shit. I don't know. Uh, Degen Kolb down at 237, 7th place. Max Walsheed. Uh, Laurence Rex, I think it was. And Christophe Laporte, 411. So Laporte, very strong, right? Um, has had to win this year. Maybe a gift from Wout, but he's helped Wout. He's also looking very good. Uh, 411, getting two flats, getting dropped out of that front group and basically chasing from like 70, well, it was 90-some kilometers where he came out of the Arenberg Forest, around 93 kilometers, and he had to chase the whole time. I mean, so he and uh, Van Hoydonk, I think Van Hoydonk went down as well, had a had a crash. Um, agree, but if people come out to see them, it was fine a few years back with no people. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Mads is looking good, and I feel he, he will have his day before the end of the career. I think you're correct. Um, he was looking very impressive. Remember, he had a really good uh, Tour de France last year. Uh, okay, so there's the there's the highlights uh, we had from that. Okay, let's see where else where are we going here from there. Let, I think we'll do some interviews. Play a, an interview or two here. First one up is your winner, Matthew Vanderpool. Let's see what he has to say. Let me know, guys, if you cannot hear this, but uh, let's go. Well, it's impossible, I think. Uh what we did today as a team was already really impressive and yeah, we have to enjoy this because it's uh, unique, unique and 
it will probably not, never happen again, so we have to uh, celebrate this. Try to rate this one in all your wins. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's one of the best uh, ever and oh, I felt really good on the bike, actually. I already tried to drop the guys, but it was really difficult because they were targeting me, of course. And then, yeah, uh, on uh, Carrefour de Laube, all of a sudden uh, a lot happened and uh, especially uh, I think the flat tire of Wout was decisive in the race. So uh, that's a pity, of course. And uh, yeah, like I said before, you need luck and good legs, and I had both today. You had it. Uh, unfortunately, of course, Princess Bogdanat didn't have that uh, at that decisive moment. Uh, so you ride alone in those last 15 kilometers. Are you, does that go through your mind? For sake, let me be safe here? Oh, not really. I was just focused on riding as hard as I could towards the finish line. And I only thought about uh, celebrating when I, when I came here to the velodrome. And, uh, Oh, yeah, it's incredible. One more thing, I just spoke to Leo Gomit, he says, I'm hoping he comes to celebrate no. on my stage. No. <laughs> no, the party tonight will be pretty intense, so I will not do Amstel. I will uh, celebrate and uh, try to enjoy this. Thank you. Okay, so Brian Zimney uh, makes a comment here. Philipson and Laporte get Domestiques of the Year award. Um, now, so far, uh, possibly. What I will say is the way that things played out, the, the rack kind of hitting um, Jesper, Jasper, you know, he looks kind of like what Elon Musk might look like if he was a cyclist. He kind of has that same look on his face. Um, he he kind of got pushed out because of this wreck, so he wasn't following along. Maybe he would have gone along. And if those two come to the finish together, then what happens? I don't think you have any of this uh, you know friction issue that you've seen before, the way some guys ride and maybe they don't help, maybe they do. Uh, I don't think, I mean, Philipson, you're right, he he was super strong and didn't do any, didn't said anything wrong. And I think they, they know their 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 techniques and, and what their games are and what their skills are because you've seen Philipson um, work for Matthew Vanderpool. You've seen Vanderpool work a ton of times for the finish for Philipson. So no problems there. Who I don't know is, uh, oh, by the way, I think uh, Quick Step Lotto got, is it Sudol Lotto, Sudol Quick Step, whatever uh, Lefevre's team is. I think they got two guys in the top 25. I think it was Tim Miller at like 22. <laughs> and I I just uh, I have no problems. A great pick out there of MB Vanderpool and Jasper comforting Degen Cole with the finish. Yes, it was. Uh, MVDP saved his legs for the pate. Could be. All right, let's, let's, uh, we're going to do a few more of these interviews. Let's try this one. I think it's Wout and gentlemen. Let's go. What's your feelings after this crazy and also unlucky Paris-Roubaix for you? Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> this moment uh, still difficult to uh, to accept. Of, of course, what happens in the race, but uh, uh, yeah, it's 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 uh, yeah. How you say it? Classic uh, Paris-Roubaix. It's so tamed over until you're in the velodrome. So. Uh, yeah, when uh, when I had the flat tire, it, uh, it ruined, of course, uh, my chances uh, for winning. Because when you had the flat tire, that was exactly after the moment you already attacked, so you must have felt really good today uh, to go for this win. Yeah, I was uh, a bit in a difficult situation, alone in, in the front group. I think uh, uh, Christophe had bad luck in uh, an Armberg, and uh, unfortunately, unfortunate for us, uh, Alpecin was really strong in, in the front and uh, kept kept everyone behind. Um, so yeah, I had to try and play it smart, and I think uh, I did quite well in that. And uh, the moment the, that I picked to to attack, I was still feeling great. Uh, but when I took the corner on Carrefour de l'Arbre, I, uh, I almost crashed because uh, I flooded in the back. And uh, yeah, then uh, then everybody saw what happened. Maybe uh, not the right moment, but just are you really looking forward to uh, next races? I mean. Are you looking forward to, for instance, races like Amstel or Liège? Are you riding those? No, my my spring is uh, finished now. I'm actually looking forward to some rest. Uh, it uh, didn't bother my race today, but uh, now I start to feel uh, quite some pain on uh, on my on my ribs. And um, uh, yeah, mentally it's been uh, always a tough period, like uh, like every year. So uh, yeah, ready to uh, to rest a little bit and uh, focus on the summer. There you go. He's going to focus on the summers. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, tour kind of stuff. There's a few things coming up. Uh, last one here. I thought we'd do a John Degenkolb, see what he has to say at the finish. 
Um, if you... Obviously, really disappointed. I mean, uh, yeah. There's not much to say. I mean, I... Uh, extremely disappointed um, uh, about uh, how the outcome of the, the race was, but... Uh, I think <coughs> being uh, in first position with uh, such a selective group uh, on my own pavé, um, uh, that meant uh, so much to me today. That was a, yeah outstanding moment, I think, uh, which I will remember for the rest of my life. What do you mean? Yeah, when I crashed, uh, yeah, I was on the right side, and uh, suddenly there was no space anymore, and then uh, I uh, got pushed into a spectator. Are you injured now? Or? I still have to check, but uh, my left shoulder is really painful. Has to be a bit disappointing uh, due to the fact that he said it was something he'll take with him forever. That he was in this group, and that, by the way, that select group was fantastic. I and mean, we talked about it. you look at the the initial people coming into this, and you, you and you say, hey, how do we get there? So one, uh, we embarrass uh, Patrick Lefevre, and then two, uh, how do we get there with all the best hitters involved? And that's exactly what happened. So it was fantastic. Now. Uh, come up with sad that Sagan crashed out, uh, crashed out of final PR. Yes. So, you know, he's been such a heady part of this race for years. Won it, looked great, you know, adjusting his, his brakes, saddles, whatever he's head, headset on the, on the road. Uh, he's, he's won it on all kinds of fashions. Fantastic. But he's been nothing to, to see over the last year or two. So, uh, okay. Yeah, it was a little bit sad, but, um, you know, it, we don't have the Sagan antics anymore. I don't know. I mean, you know, get old. That's me. You get old. And what else are you going to do? Okay, so we've gone over the highlights. We've gone over the crash incident. And uh, now let's just straight up look at the, uh, let's see if we can uh, just look at the results here. We'll kind of break those down <clears throat> just to see if there's anything exciting that we really missed out here. Brian says, if you play Dagan College Crash, you can see he hits a flag that was stuck in the ground. Uh, do I have it? Uh, I don't have it up. I just I just deleted it. So um, that yeah, that sucks. That that does not sound like something you want to do. Uh, Vanderpool, Jesper. Um, we could go through nations and teams. I think that's always cool. I mean, the, the one American here, uh, Magnus Sheffield. It'd be interesting to see how you know. First time, 17 minutes down at 92. Not so not so bad. Uh, the only American in the race, and he did finish it. So that was uh, that was good to see. Um, okay, let's just go through some of the teams here. <clears throat> so AG2R, they get Greg Van Avermaet, uh, 37th place, five minutes down. Alpecin takes this stage, uh, it takes top two. But then they had, remember, they had Vermeesh up there. He was 11th. Three in the top <laughs> 11. I mean, uh, just phenomenal. Caden uh, Groves, uh, they're in 31st place. So, you know, they have of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven riders. Uh, Gogol was the only one outside the top 50. Um, I don't know what, 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 what that loser was doing all day. Uh, just kidding. Um, <clears throat> Astana, top 26, nothing there. Bahrain, Mate Mohorek um, in 29th place. Fred Wright down there, DNF, a lot of DNFs. Um, what's this team? Bingil. Had a guy in 39th. Bora, uh, that's Niels Polar. That was who in the front group that did get uh, pushed out. Uh, Walshied, he just... He just lost it. I mean, he was he was looking good, and then you could just tell he was just he went on an attack. That's what it was. He he attacked hard, had a gap. Everyone catches up to him, and immediately he just goes right through him. Been there, okay. So uh, that's a rough way to go. EF, I didn't even know they were in the race, but uh, Roush thirty uh, third, okay. Groupama, they did have Stefan Kung up there in fifth place, solid in him. Filippo uh, Ghana, Connor Swift, Magnus Sheffield there. Uh, Interwanting Marche, they had Lorenz uh, Rex up there in that front group, solid, solid for them. Um, Israel Primatech, remember they had uh, what was the guy's name? Derek Gee, he he did finish. He was the guy that, that the wheel tire just came flying off him. Jumbo, uh, good day. The top three out there: Wout in third, Laporte top ten, and fourteenth for Van Hoydonk, who I think he not only flattered but he crashed at one point as well. Uh, Dylan Van Barrow. DNF'd out there in Arndartburg Forest. It's too bad for them. 
Florin uh, Vermeesh for what team is this? Lotto Destiny. Um, he was he was he trying to make his way up there? Or was his brother? I think it was up there. Uh, movie star. Wait, is this the Lotto team? What's the what's the Sudel Lotto Sudel? Is this what they're called now? Yeah, maybe this is them. They, no, it's not because it's Tim Lemire. Uh, Malier is in there. So movie star. I mean, you don't expect much out of the French or the the Spanish. Q35, 36.5 team. Jack Bauer. Is this the? I don't know. Team. Oh, here we go. Lotto Sudal. Three DNFs. Uh, Tim Miller in the top 23. Uh, I've, Eve, Eve Lampert at 24. Tim DeClerc, Florian Seneschal, Asper Casperine, David Ballerini, and Bert. The last three there all DNF'd. Arkea, you don't expect much out of them. They got a top 25. Uh, Degen Kolb, um, the, only, the only resounding person, I mean, result there, uh, seventh place, and then it goes back to 76, and then two DNFs. <clears throat> Team Flanders, which was uh, appropriate a few weeks ago. Um, nothing, 81st. Jayco, um, 75th is their top. Total Energies, 18th. Uh, uh, Van Gestel and Anthony Churgis. 74th, so nothing there. Trek Sigafredo. I was looking to see if, I thought maybe Quinn would be riding it, but he, I don't know if he's injured or something. Mads Pedersen, obviously, uh, ride of the day for that team. Uh, fourth place, Jesper Stoyven, though, coming in at 20th. UAE, they had the Sjord backs. Um, 27-year-old, 13th place. It was a good ride for him. He just didn't have the, the strength to continue on. And Uno X, uh, 15th place. Uh, there we go. Uh, so, the that's, that's what we have with with the Perry Robay. Not much else to say. The classics are kind of done here for the year. And so I thought we'd move on and talk about a few other things. Uh, one of those is uh, what, what's next? Oh, women's race. Um, my note here is a Canadian one I didn't watch. Sorry, folks. Uh, it was on Saturday. I was watching golf or something else here. Um, Roglic, Roglic, Pogacar, uh, Remco, and Vinigo. Those guys are doing something. I, 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 maybe it's me. I'm, someone needs to maybe break this down much better than me. But here's what I'm noticing. And I took notice of it back in 2021. Tour of Slovenia. I don't know why I was watching this. I don't know why it just comes back in my head. Um, stage, I think I even looked it up here. Stage two. Um, Pogacar takes off with 23 kilometers to go. And he solos, has like a minute and a half. Um, just destroys everybody, and you're like, this guy's on, on fire. He's looking crazy, and it's a little bit different aspect of what you see between. And you remember the guys just grind things out. We see this in the tour all the time: grind, grind, grind. Teams on the front, people just kind of one by one get popped off, and next thing you know, <clears throat> it's a sprint down to you know the, the finish of one or two guys or Vinigo, uh, as he did uh, late stage, like 17, 18, 19, or whatever. Just you know, walked away after Wout ground everyone to a halt. Um, that's kind of the, your your standard. Pogacar doing something different. And now I've noticing it's been happening more and more. 15, 20. Remember last year in the Tour de France, the, the stage to La Granon, you had 50 kilometers to go. This is kind of a desperation move for Roglic. Comes out firing 50K, and it's just him, Roglic, uh, Roglic Pogacar, and Vinigo left. And then they, 50K to go. They decimate everybody else. It's those ones. They get rid of uh, Pogacar. Uh, I'm sorry, Roglic. Then Pog and and Vinigo take off, and they end up getting two and a half minutes. Vinigo does the day over uh, on Roglic on Pogacar. Damn it. Um, so and then I've been seeing that uh, some of these early stage races, you've been seeing that same thing. Uh, Remco has been coming in trying to get rid of Roglic. Uh, we'll we'll go through some of these races that they're doing, and he's he's he doesn't let his team. He grinds. He takes off much much earlier. Sometimes it's only four or five k to the finish. Sometimes it's ten, fifteen, twenty, and you're just. And what's the point? <clears throat> Maybe you're saving your team a little bit. You're destroying everybody. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it plays when it's not a, a seven day stage race when it's you know your big stage stage your, your your grand tours uh but when you're decimating everybody and only the guys that can hold on can hold on but maybe you're allowing some of those guys to rest a little bit i don't know i don't know what's going to happen i just find it fascinating and it's been uh, something interesting to watch <clears throat> i thought we'll take a look here at some of the results of some of these guys uh early on in this season okay primos roglic um 
So Volta Catalonia, he ended up winning that one. And let's go to the general classification because I think Rem, yeah, Evan Evenepoel was uh, second on there, and that was a Jao Almeida kind of you know. At, what's the point of this? Well, he's doing the tour. He's doing the tour of uh, Italy. Uh, and by the way, Sepp Cuss is going with him. Hang on, <clears throat> because um, Tim Wellens just crashed out hurt himself, so he's not going to uh, the Giro now. So now you've got a lot of things in, in flux here. They're taking, they're really going for the Giro win with uh, uh, Roglic because they're taking Sepp there. Sepp's usually a later season hot weather guy, so he usually does a tour in the Vuelta. Always looks good in both. It'll be really interesting to see how he maneuvers this one, <clears throat> but it looks like they're really serious. And, and then what are they going to do in the tour if you come in there? And maybe maybe you have Roglic be able to come in and help, unless you want to hold him off for the, the Vuelta. I don't know. But it'll be really interesting because the biggest thing you should be doing as this team is you worry about the Tour de France. Do you send Sepp there, who's always your number one domestique? Remember last year, you have Brandon McNulty going for Pogacar, and you had um, uh, Sepp. Those are the two real big. There were two days in a row. One... Uh, Brandon McNulty destroys everybody. The next one, Sepp is destroying everybody. I mean, it's just phenomenal to see these two Americans that did great job. And so it'll be interesting to see this year if you're going to do that as well. Um, okay, so he he won the Vuelta, the Trenor Adriatico. He won that as well. Uh, so he's come out two races, and he's looked really good. It'll be interesting to Pogacar, that, I mean Roglic. It'll be interesting to see how he does. That had Jalamita in it. Um, it had McNulty, but it did not have uh, Remco. So let's go to the next goal. Let's go see how Remco has been doing as well this year. You know, he's new world champion. He comes in at the uh, Vuelta uh, uh, San Juan, gets seventh in the, the classification there. You did have an American, we'll talk about, that uh, came in pretty good. So the overall GC was uh, a few guys ahead of him. But you had to, it's interesting here, a little American, Sam Quimit, San, Quinn Simmons, uh, Riccatello, and Kevin Vermaka. Uh, other than that, um, UAE Tour, he does come out and he destroys everyone there. Once again, takes off long ways from finish um, up the big climbs and was very, quite impressive, uh, disturbingly so. Uh, even in the Volta al Catalunya, now Remco ends up getting the win over that, but, I mean, uh, uh, Roglic, but Remco, very impressive to my dismay. Not a fan, <laughs> not a fan of his. Matter of fact, one time he takes off so soon, Roglic goes with him. And they have multiple climbs and, and a long descent and, to go. And Roglic is in the wind. Why? And he goes, I'm not going to pull through. And Remco's jerking his elbow to the point where he looks like he has some sort of, uh, um, I don't know, the Tourette's or nuts or what, some sort of problems. And uh, then he's yelling at Remco or at um, Roglic. He's not pulling through. He's not going to do it. And he looks like a big baby because of that. Because you're not going to. But point is, once again, taking off from these 20, 20 some kilometers to go. I think it's really interesting development. And, and to me, it plays into kind of a fascination and that the racing takes place much further to the finish uh, than normal. But what it does is, what if you get a flat? What if you crash? What if you have these other things? You can really put yourself in trouble because maybe you've broken away and <clears throat> you've uh, been able to separate from everybody else. But that one guy that's in the with you, if you crash, now Remco as, or, or Roglic, as an example, takes off. Maybe he ends up getting two minutes on you, and you would have normally had a teammate. Just uh, kind of a fascinating thing to see uh, what you have coming up there. Um, it says he's going to participate in Liège, and then you're going to have a head-to-head -head with him and uh, Roglic at the uh, the Giro. So <clears throat> no Tour de France this year, at least yet, for Remco. We'll see uh, what happens with that. Um, who's the other one? Pogacar. All these guys are, are having some seasons here. Uh, the Vuelta Andalusia Ruta Ciclis del Sol, used to be called the Ruta del Sol, um, won by Pogacar quite nicely. He had one, two, three stage <laughs> wins. I mean, uh, Perinis, then he comes out and wins that with one, two, three stage wins. Um, Milan San Remo, he was fourth. That was an impressive Milan San Remo by Matthew Vanderpoel, by the member. Uh, Saxo Bank Classic, he was third, and then he won the Tour of Ned Flanders. Uh, the, which one? Did, the Saxo Bank Classic, which was fantastic. He was uh, in a sprint finish with Wout, 
and Matthew Vanderpoel, and right behind them, Matteo Jorgensen. We're going to talk a little bit about him um, coming up. Okay, so obviously these guys are all winning, and now what about uh, Vinigo? Well, Jonas, um, he's looking very, very sleek already. It makes you wonder. Uh, comes in here, the Grand uh, Camino, ends up winning that one, gets one, two, three stage wins. The first one was, uh, stage one was uh, canceled, nullified, I think, due to weather. Comes into Paris-Nice, not quite as, uh, as on as uh, Pogacar, but end up did winning the, the time trial. <clears throat> Let's take a look at that. So he wins the time trial. Jeez, people. Stage three. Not, oh, is it a team time trial? Okay, well, that's why. Uh, we're not going to really be that impressed with that one. Um, but then comes into the uh, Basque Country this last weekend and uh, wins one, two, three stages, the overall GC, and was uh, very impressive. Once again, uh, final day, attacking pretty far out, just leaving his team at the bottom of the climb and just going on. It's, it's quite something to see how we've been doing this uh, lately, these guys. So um, I'm excited for the tour, the Giro. I would like to see the, the tour or one of the, the stage races with these four guys coming in, all ready to go, super hot and uh, flying, and it would be, it would be uh, fantastic uh, to see. Okay, I thought just kind of on this whole prospect too, <clears throat> you have the USA. You've got some guys coming up in the USA. You've got Nielsen Palace, Mattel Jorgensen, we just highlighted there. Uh, obviously, there's McNulty and Sheffield, and then Quinn Simmons are still some. Quinn Simmons coming in early at the year, you saw him in a top 10 at the Tour of San Juan. Very impressive, but he also got a stage win there. He took off, he did a little bit of a uh, Cancellara type of thing with 1K to go. It's, hits out hard. You know, he's not a pure sprinter, he's a good guy, and he ends up holding off for the, for the win. Um, Brian Zimney, another comment here. Pog came into the season on fire because he was targeting the classes, uh, classics. Uh, Jonas is solely on the Tour de France path, so maybe not at full strength yet. Yeah, uh, completely. And I think, look, they, they, they do run a little bit different than more like the, the Lance Armstrong idea of you're only a certain percentage off from your top form at all times, so it's easy to just kind of pop that up and rev it up. I think these guys are just running a little bit differently where they're uh, almost always – that's where we go here. Almost always ready to um, to take it off. Okay, so let's. I want to look here real quick. Uh, we'll look at some of these Americans. So we got Nielsen Palace. He's had a, a solid season already. Um, he's had decent amount of uh, races, but he he won the Grand Prix Cyclist Marseille. Um, I've still remember seeing that when he won the overall at the Etoile de Bassage, the Tour de Garde. Um, and what did he get here? He was second on one stage four. Um, comes in here, the Tour Alps uh, Maritime, second, second, a ninth, and third overall in general classification. Uh, Perry Nice, I was watching this one, and he was he was always pushing himself close to the top. Um, gets a, a second place on the time trial, gets a fifth on stage seventh, uh, seven, sixth on stage eight, and a sixth overall on GC. Uh, He's been very impressive. I, I, I'm just saying uh, it's been fun to watch him. He gets in the big moves. He then comes in to do some classic work, gets a seventh on Milan San Remo. I mean, you had uh, on the final climb up there, all the guys going. He gets – it's a split of just guys sitting up, and he got a split, and then he tried to break through, and he ends up coming in with the next group right behind the front guys. And uh, almost – I think he's like third or so on the, on the field sprint. Oh, why don't we just look here? Because he had Vanderpool winning that. Uh, Filippo Ghana and Wout came in together with Tade, uh, and then there was Soren Kraut and Mads and Nielsen Palace uh, all coming in uh, with the sprint uh, shortly thereafter. So it was, uh, it was good stuff to go. Okay, and then he had uh, Tour Flanders. Uh, sorry, Doors Door Vlanderarden, um, which was a, his third place, and then he was fifth at Tour of Flanders. Once again, a very impressive all around for the way he was riding uh, all of those. He's, he's just, he, you can tell he's, he's kind of made a switch from being a, a, an impressive potential guy to, oh, we've got to start worrying about him. And his fifth at Flanders, he said he wanted to, to win that, uh, but he came in there and um, ended up doing pretty well. Matilda Jorgensen, let's take a look at how he's done so far this year. Tour of Oman, he ends up winning the overall G general classification. I mean, you're winning a, a UCI race, 2.0 pro. That's that's a solid way to go. He did look good there. Uh, Jabal Hot, he won that one, winning on the top of that one. Um, the horrible name, great climb. It looks horrible. I wouldn't want to do it. Uh, Amlut uh, Het Nusbald, 
18th. Kern Brussels Kern, 65. I mean, you just can't do much of that. Perry Nice comes in eighth overall, second on the youth classification, fifth on the last stage, a little bit ahead of Nielsen. Saxo Bank Classic, he gets fourth, and then ninth at uh, Vlan Vlarden. Uh, the Saxo Bank Classic uh, getting a fourth place. Look, you got the Wout, Matthew, uh, Vanderpol, and Tade. The O's three came in together sprinting, <clears throat> and behind was Mateo, who had kind of been having to make his progression into that uh, thing. Okay, uh, we got an agreement here in the group chat. Uh, I agree, Brian. Question will be race tactics again for Tour de France. If I remember correctly, if the race is hard and then there is a uh, WPK climb at the end, Jonas has an advantage. Could be watts per kilogram. Okay, Tyler, your screen is frozen on Jonas. Yes, it is. It's <laughs> um, oh, well, let's, uh, sorry, let's stop that screen. I didn't share the right one. So let's go. Okay, hang on, hang on. Uh, Mateo. I, I'm sorry. I was I was using the one, and then I went to a different, and I just shared the wrong screen. But there we go. Mateo Jorgensen, uh, solid solid wins here. Um, Flanders, uh, Flanders uh, once again, a ninth place. Um, very good for him. We had two Americans in the top ten here. Uh, he and both Palace were up in that group, and then um, suffering a little bit. Or actually, uh, I think Palace was actually in the second group. They finally caught the front. Um, just a solid day all around for him. Um, but we're gonna gonna end there. We're gonna finish with two, three other guys here. Brandon McNulty. He's also you know got a lot of potential. And thanks for looking out for me. Um, he's got a lot of potential here. Uh, two DNFs early on, then fifth place at the race there in Spain. And then uh, the Tour of Valencia, he ended up eighth overall. I mean, it's not quite had the season that the other uh, Nelson and um, and our boy uh, Jorgensen had. But the UAE Tour, he was doing work for Pogacar there, 14th overall, 12th on Turner Adriatico. Uh, he had a fifth place on the individual time trial. That's where you're going to have to look for him. Uh, the Tour of Basque Country recently, he got a fifth, he got a fourth, he got another fourth, and seventh overall. Uh, it says here, upcoming, no races on the program. I don't know what he has planned to come on up, but there you go. Uh, Quinn Simmons, um, I don't know if he's been, it says Maryland Cycling Classic. Maybe he's coming to the U.S. for something. Amstel Gold, DeBrancebill Pill, uh, but his early on, he had a stage win, 10th on GC, 72nd at Torino. Um, did he have any close wins there? Nope. I, I expected him. Uh, Tour Catalonia didn't start at the finish there. I actually thought he would be doing Perry Robay, but he uh, did not. So, bummer. Bummer for you. And last one we're going to look at here is Magnus. Okay. Um, I believe he had a win last year, I want to say, or did he already have one this year? Uh, youth classification at Tour Down Under. He got first place for that. He was second in the prologue. Uh, ninth on the last stage, general classification, he was fourth. Yeah, he did look very impressive there. Uh, the Great Ocean Race, DNS, Omloop, second, 22nd, Kern, 24th, Strade, Bianca, 56th. Um, third at uh, on a stage there for Torino was 28th in the overall. But you're not going to see him really on, the I think, the, the stage race stuff. Milan San Remo, 24th. That's that's impressive. And then just kind of mid-pack for these other ones. He did he did have a win last year. Let's see where which uh, race it was. Um, Denmark, he got a second overall. Um, got a stage somewhere. Something. I remember him. Oh, there we go. Uh, no, there's an individual time trial. Um, Debrancebal, but how do you say it? Debrancebal. That's where he was. Fletcher Brambrickel. Uh, he got in the break there, and he did get the uh, the win. So that was uh, pretty impressive. Um, other than that, what do you got coming up for him on 2023? He's going to repeat, hopefully, in that race coming up here that this weekend, and then Amstel Gold and Liège. So. Uh, what do we? You know, let's take a look here at Strada Bianca. I'm trying to remember. You know, we didn't really talk about that, but Pidcock was absolutely outstanding. Quinn Simmons uh, followed up with a 12th, um, and not much else. Uh, Sean Quinn for EF. I don't know. Does EF race anymore? I, actually, EF has been doing fine. We, they got Nielsen Palace. They've been they've been up in there and the things. Okay, um, finish off some comments, and we'll take a we'll take we'll. Take a leave for the day. I think the great thing about Mateo and Nielsen believe they can win this year, and they have to. Uh, they gave each other confidence as Americans to do so. Yes, exactly. Who do you think is from Brian? 
Who do you think would make a worse director sportive, <laughs> Remco or Mark Soler? That, my folks, that's why we have you because that is the question of the day. That's that's a tweet. Okay, that's a that's that's how you do it right there. That's that's a, I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna steal that idea and I'm gonna tweet that out. Um, maybe put it on Facebook too, uh, because that is exactly those guys are horrible teammates. I'm trying to remember, um, Mark Soler, what did he do this year that was? He did something recently that was just as shitty, uh, did his typical stuff where he kind of um, attacks or takes off in the group and there's infighting th- things. So um, it's, it's always a problem. And Remco, Remco might be a good teammate. He might know what to do, but man, he, he's not so good when he's on the bike out there. Uh, Mark Tucker, uh, when is the next podcast so we can hype you? I don't know. I'll, I'll try to keep you guys in line um, or, or updated on this um, when races come. I will try to do more and maybe just snip it out. I'm definitely going to cover as much as I can with work um, the uh, Giro. I'll try to do it like I did the tour where I'm just, you know, 20, 30 minutes a day recap on those real quick. Um, Mark, I'm going to see about going out to Golden State, maybe at least talk to some people and we'll, we'll try to get some more podcast stuff up. Uh, so I appreciate you hyping these things up. Um, I don't know. I, I can't really tell what I want to do. With some of these things what else i have for the day um that's pretty much it um i did i was going to talk about how let's pop this up and then we'll we'll leave off of this guy uh this guy earlier here killed someone's cat and he got <laughs> I, he got uh more of a penalty i think he got more time uh suspended than quinn simmons did for using a black hand emoji uh to a white girl so that's that's our state of uh of cycling politics as it goes um ride of the week it's got to be matthew vanderpool i don't see how it's any other way he was fantastic um pogacar for tour of flanders by the way that was ridiculous he's back a ways he ends up making like a minute gap up on uh, second to last climb or something like it just and storms through everybody uh drops ends up dropping up wout and everyone else so it was it was an impressive fashion um I'm, once again, I'm looking forward to the uh, the, the finish here for the, um, what do you call it? The, the Tour de France, all that good stuff. All right, everybody. Thank you uh, for joining in again, but I think that's uh, that's where we're going to end it for today. So um, maybe I'll check out back on the Facebook page. And um, I think I haven't been on Facebook forever. I mean, we'll, we'll try to give you an idea of when our next actual thingy-majigger, thingy-majigger, that's a, a race is going on. All right. Take care. Bye.